What's up, Repray Chef family? Listen, this is Sean Pierce coming to give you the next installment, which is the fourth week of our fun month. This was a message that was given by a guest to some of us, um, Minister Tyler Mabry, a brother of mine. Um, he gave us a message that was entitled, Worship is More Than a Song. Enjoy. But uh, we're going to get after it today. Um, uh, one thing I want to tell you all real quick, I think a month ago, I, I was able to go to Zimbabwe, Africa. Ooh, y'all, it changed my life. Changed my life. Uh, if you have the opportunity to go to Africa, go. It's going to change your life. I did a mission trip with Celebration Church, my church out of Jacksonville, Florida. So we went down there and it was a blessing. And this is where I got my word from. Um, really and uh, i'm excited to get after it so i'm gonna share my screen and we're gonna have some fun today you guys just stay with me who we about to have some fun we're gonna have some fun so i'm gonna read the uh scripture i'm gonna tell y'all the title we're gonna pray and then we're gonna unpack this message so it's john chapter 4 23 to 24 it says this but the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and truth for the father is seeking such to worship him god is a spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth i don't think they heard me sean i think they too relaxed i think they gotta they gotta wake up on a saturday morning i'm gonna say it again but the hour is coming now is when the true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and truth for the father is seeking such to worship him god is a spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth and the subject matter today is worship is more than a song the title is called worship is more than a song let us pray heavenly father god we come humbly as your servants father god we will lift your name high father god let me decrease and you increase father god let your holy spirit come in here come into repray share father god so we can get the message that you have put on my heart that we can share with each other and let it let it just go around and touch nations father god touch nations because father god the harvest is plentiful but the laborers are few and father god we have some laborers in this chat tonight so lord we love you we thank you in jesus name i pray amen 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 so since we talk about worship since we talk about true worshipers we gotta know what worship is and do i got anybody here that like to worship anybody i know y'all mute i know y'all got your cameras off keep throwing in the chat let me know who likes to worship because we got mostly women because let me tell you when i got to africa I learned what true worship was. And worship is when you give your deepest intimacy and highest praise to something. It's like a, it's like you have to submit. It's giving submission. And one, one verse that gets me right with submission and just giving your all is Deuteronomy chapter six, verse five. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, or as my mom would say, with all your might. You have to give it your all. And one thing is, you know when you see a true worshiper, it's genuine. It's beautiful. It's not like, oh, they just faking it. You feel me? It's just like they're doing what they're called to do because they have that intimacy, that quiet time with the Lord. You know, growing up in church, sometimes I'd be like, man, why, why are they clapping so crazy? Why are they dancing? Why are they running around? But it's just their, that's their relationship with the Lord. And you gotta, you gotta love that. You gotta want that. Cause sometimes we be like, you know, as men, man, do I want to raise my hand? Somebody's going to be looking at me. Nah. I'm going to raise my hand because my God is good. I'm going to raise my hand because he pulled me out the pit. I'm going to raise my hand because I'm going to run around. Let me tell you, I'm 6'3", 260. I'm going to run around because I got to tell them how good God has been in my life. I ain't going to lie. Lately, you know, I'll probably say three months ago, a few months ago, I didn't do all that. But now 
when I went to Africa, I felt his presence so heavy. So when I, I'm kind of addicted to his presence, Sean, I, I want more of it every single day. So I got to be more like that every time because I got to ask myself, what's holding me back? What's holding me back from praising the Lord? Because, you know, these people around me, they ain't paying my bills and they don't have my salvation in their hands. Only one person is, and that's Jehovah, my God. You feel me? So we got to we got to get back to being true worshipers. I feel like sometimes we got timid. I feel like we, we care so much about what other people say. Like I said, they don't pay your bills. And also they don't have they, uh, your salvation in their hands. And one, um, one scripture I want to go to Acts 4 verse 13 is going back to like, you know, people judging you like, why are they doing that? Do they truly have a relationship with Jesus? Is Acts 4 verse, ter- 4 verse 13. This is when, uh, Peter and John just healed the lame man at the gate of beautiful. And it was one of my favorite scenes is because I'm, I'm going to break this down. I'm going to give y'all some context. What up, Sean? Sean loves to get some context, but Peter and John are about to go to, a, you know, they're about to go pray at about noontime. And there was a lame man just begging for some money. And one thing Peter said, he said, I don't have silver or gold, but one thing I do have is the power of Christ Jesus in me. So rise in the name of Jesus of Nazareth and raised him and healed him. He didn't give him money, but he gave him what he did have, and that was Christ. And that's through the relationship that Peter had with Jesus. So I'm going to read it. It says, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. Ooh, I got to say it again. And they realized that they had been with Jesus. Fellas, who y'all been with? Well, my bad. Ladies, who y'all been with? Y'all been with Jesus? Or y'all been with somebody else? Y'all been with that liquor? Y'all been with that? what y'all been with y'all been with jesus because sometimes we have to ask ourselves who are we hanging around with because who we hang around with it reflects who we are what they say show me your five friends who you are your one freak can only be jesus you ain't gotta hang with everybody it's just like we have to reflect jesus more and more and more and the more you're in his presence the more the relationship builds we got to build on the relationship what are we building on because every day we're building on something it doesn't stay the same it's either breaking down or we build it something so we have to realize what are we building every single day? And also worship isn't always about having all the answers, but going to who has the answers. I'm gonna say it again. Worship isn't always going to who has the answers. Wait, I'm gonna say it again. Worship isn't about having all the answers, but going to who has the answers. We gotta remind ourselves who has the answers at the end of the day. And then also, you know, we got some haters. You know, we got some people in our life that think they know it all, but I'm talking about the Pharisees real quick. I'm talking about the Pharisees and I'm gonna come to Matthew 15, 17 to 9. It says this, hypocrites. Well, then I Isaiah prophesied about you saying, these people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And in vain, they worship me, teaching as doctrines, the commandments of men. We have to be careful. We can't be caught up in selling an image. We can't be caught up in selling just something fake, getting caught up in titles. Like I know I was joking with uh, Sean about Bishop, preacher and all this stuff but sometimes we have to be careful what we say with our words because it has to represent christ because if it's not come from the heart it's vain it's pointless it has no substance we know some people ain't got no substance it's like why do i want to hang around with that person it's fake god doesn't want fake and you know we're gonna dive in deeper just like what happens when you have a pure heart Ooh, what is that that's in matthew 6 matthew 7 uh blessed for a uh, blessed is he or she who has a pure heart for they shall see god come on holy spirit talk to me talk to me today, but do worship because you love your heavenly father. Let's get after it. Let's get after it. But we can't get after it unless we know what spirit and truth is. Because that's what tr- y'all got me sweating up in here. I don't know if it's hot in Texas, but boy, it's hot in Georgia. Let me tell you, 
being 255, oh Lord, I'll tell you, you're going to be sweat after everything, but let's get back to it. True worshipers must worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And spirit, let me tell you, in this passage, Jesus is emphasizing a shift and change in worship because the woman at the well was talking about, you know, going to the temple, but Jesus is saying, it doesn't matter where you worship. It's not a physical location no more. It's no more rituals, no uh, religious rituals. We got to do it because we have a genuine connection with God. I'm going to keep asking you, do you have a genuine connection with God? Can you get into your hiding place? Can you do it in public? Can you praise him wherever you're at? Sometimes you got to be in your car. You got kids. Sometimes you run late to work. You got to do what you're brushing your teeth. When are you praising the Lord? Are you just getting lazy? Like, ah, I'll get back to it later. Ah, I'll get it when I'm about to go to sleep. Ah, we have to make it more genuine. We got to get back to that. We got to get back to that. And true worship must be in spirit that is engaging the whole heart. That means, like we just said in uh, Deuteronomy chapter six, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Because let me tell y'all, y'all giving all your strength to something else. I'm telling you, we, we all did it before. I used to give it to sports. I used to give it to women. I used to give it all to something that didn't even deserve it. We got to give it back to the Lord God Almighty. We have to get back to the basics. What up, Kobe? We got to get back to the basics because that's where we need to be. And also, one of my favorites, we must worship in truth. And one thing I love about Sean, Sean's going to ask questions. He's going to ask for definitions because he wants to know the truth. He wants to know the right way to go. What does John 14, 6 says? Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. We have to go to the truth. So we got to know more about the truth. And you just got to gotta find your way to the truth. I'm getting to my next point, but I'm going to slow down. But the deeper, the more we appreciate, the deeper our worship. The deeper our worship, the more God is glorified. So when we want to glorify God, we got to want truth. We got to engage our whole heart. We got to know where we are going. We get it somewhere, y'all. We get it somewhere. Stay with me. Why does my screen look like this? But we're going to keep it going. Boom. But we're going to talk about the woman with the issue of blood and also Jerry's the synagogue leader. Let's get it. Let's get it. But I'm going to tell you all the first key point first. First key point is this. To find Jesus, you have to worship Jesus. To find Jesus, you have to worship Jesus. So I'm going to read Mark chapter 5, 21 through 28. Now, when Jesus had crossed over by the boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. So Jesus went with him and a great multitude followed and thronged him. Now a certain woman had a, a flood of blood for 12 years and had suffering for many things, no, and suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, ooh, when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment for she said, if only I may touch his clothes. I shall be made well. I'm going to tell you the first key point again. To find Jesus, you have to worship Jesus. I don't know about y'all, but growing up, there's this game called Truth or Dare. Any of y'all play Truth or Dare? Anybody? Well, pff, my boy, I used to play Truth or Dare. You know, that was a game I used to play with the ladies. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, we play the guys too. You can play with them too. But the thing about Truth or Dare is it's a chance to get to know a person on a deeper level, a personal level, or daring them to make a complete fool of themselves. One thing about me, I used to love making people do dares. I love laughing at people. I love living in the moment. I love just, you know, not caring what happens, the consequences of certain dares. Because the truth, the truth to me, truth was boring. The truth wasn't interesting. The truth didn't have no substance to me. But I ain't gonna lie to y'all now. Now that I'm older, whoo, now that I'm older, Sean, 
I know better. And when you, do, when you know better, you got to do better. Because let me tell you, one, one thing about the truth is the truth sets you free. The truth surrounds you with great people. The truth teaches you more about yourself. If y'all keep thinking I'm talking about truth and dare, y'all lost your mind. Because I'm talking about Jesus. Because what I said earlier, he's the way, the truth, and the life. If we want to find Christ, we want to know truth, we have to worship truth. We have to find it. We have to give it our all at the end of the day. Because them dares, them dares going to keep separating us from the Lord. But let me tell you, now I look at truth and dare. I can't look at, I can't even look at truth and dare the same no more. Because truth, Jesus dares that temptation. Ah, uh, should I do this? Ah, uh, why not? Let me live on the edge. Let me get the little the adrenaline pumping. Sometimes we get lost too much in the dares. Like, uh, let me let me push myself. Nope. What does Jesus say? What does the Spirit say? So we gotta get back to the Spirit of Truth. And one thing I love so much when I went on this mission trip to Africa is that the desire that the people have for Christ. Because let me tell you, the the, the unemployment uh, was ninety five percent. You feel me? People that have no job, they're always selling something on the side. Um, also, they didn't know what they're going to eat next. The, the government's corrupted. So there's so much stuff going on, but but they still found a way to worship Christ. The uh, We had a conference down there. It was Celebrations Conference in Zimbabwe. People traveled 100 miles. People drove six hours because they want to know the truth. So how much do you want to know the truth? How much are you willing just to submit to the Lord? And that's why we're going to come back to this passage right here. It says, behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue, one of the rulers, he has all the power, he has all the money, but Jerry is by name. And when he saw Jesus, so he had to hear about Jesus, he fell at his feet. Ooh, can you fall at Jesus' feet? Can you get to the altar? Can you get on all fours, lay down your head and, say, and, and just lay down your heart? My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. That take that that pushes your pride out the way. That pushes your ego out the way. How far are you ready to go for that? I ain't gonna lie, men, we gotta be better. Men, we gotta be better. Ladies, y'all probably be better than us because y'all can push away. But men, we have to get to the feet of Jesus. It's a must. It's a must. It's a must. We gotta be more desperate. I put the definition of desperate, needing or wanting something very much. We have to know what's what what's important to us we can't we can't get comfortable we can't be timid we can't keep settling we got to be better but one thing i just love so much about africa is they was thirsty for truth they was hungry for truth let me see if i got this this next scripture with us uh-oh that is not it let me x out here boom matthew 5 verse 6 it says this blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be filled and that's what i love so much about Mark chapter five, uh, where is it at? Don't lose me now, T, don't lose me now. I think I lost it, but I'm gonna come back to it. But Mark chapter five, it's just they thirst so much for righteousness that the Lord felt their hearts. And he's like, because the thing was, the uh, the man, uh, Jarius, he fell at Jesus' feet and he saw his heart. The woman with the issue of the blood, she touched the back of his garment and he felt her heart. We we want to bring our heart to his presence. We got to find a way to get to his presence the best way we can possible. Because if we don't, we're going to miss our moment with the Lord. Give me a second, y'all. I got to bring up back up Mark chapter 5. Chapter 5, I believe it was. Let's go this way. Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, but let's go back to the woman with certain blood. Now, a woman with certain blood had a, uh, a flood, of, uh, a flow of blood for 12 years and has suffered many things for many physicians. Let me tell y'all, for 12 years, that's a long time. 
I would have gave up. She had spent all that she had. It was no better, but rather grew where she spent all her money. She lost everything. What are you going to do at that point? What are you going to listen to? But when she heard about Jesus, so what are we saying about Jesus, y'all? We got to be careful. So, you know, we believers, I believe we all here are saved, but what are we saying about Jesus? Because what we are saying about Jesus can save somebody else. Like I, I, was, I was at this conference, another conference, I was telling some young, some young brothers, your obedience is tied to somebody's salvation. So what are we saying about Jesus? What are we talking about? I think Sean said last week, I was talking about complaining. If we complaining so much, we can miss talk, telling somebody that we're complaining with about Jesus, and they might be on their last straw and getting saved. We got to be better. We have to be better on what we're talking about because we need to save more people. The harvest is plentiful. People are lost. People don't, don't have no direction. They don't know where to go. We have to talk about who Jesus is. The more we talk about Jesus, the more we get into his presence, the more we get into his presence, the more joy, the more saving, the more we can do for his kingdom. So the first key point is when you find Jesus, you when you find Jesus, you worship Jesus. Let's keep going. Second key point is the more I worship, the more pure I become. The more pure I become. So Mark chapter 5, 28 through 34, it says this, for she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I should be made well. Immediately the fountain of blood was dried up. She felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that the power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd said, who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, you see the multitude throwing you and you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what happened to her, came and fell down before her and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. I love that so much. I, I wrote down the definition for pure, unmixed with any matter, free from dust, dirt or taint, spotless or holy. You know, in the word holy, set apart. So pure is not like anything else. It's set apart. It's pure. It's spotless. And I love uh, verse 28, 29 so much because she just said in her head, if I only may touch his clothes, I may shall be well. Immediately the, the fountain of, of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. I love that because it, it brings me James 4 verse 8. It says, come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Why are we saying this? Because the closer we get to Christ, the more we need to feel our conviction. We can't come into his presence just think we could bring all our dirt with us. No, we got to leave it behind. It's like when Moses, when he was talking to the burning bush, when uh, the Lord said, take off your sandals. This is holy ground. When we come into his presence, it's holy ground. We got to remember who we come into. We have to be like, no, Lord, I'm leaving the old behind. I am a new creation in Christ. So we have to remember that when we come into his presence. That's why I love so much for the, the woman with the issue of blood, because she when she came into his presence, she was dried up. She came with a pure heart. And Jesus felt that. And he said, who touched me? I got all these other people bumping into me, but I felt the purity out of her. Not nobody else. That's what's so important. Just like, how pure are we coming to Christ? We have to really ask ourselves that. Sometimes, you know, we come to church, just raising our hand, we praising the Lord. But are we praying before we go to church? Like, Lord, speak to me today. Lord, use me today. How can I be a vessel for your kingdom so I could talk to somebody at church? I could talk to somebody at work. All that. We got to ask the Lord, how do you want me to be used for you? Because we always ask it for him for something. So we have to ask ourselves that. And also James 4, 8 through 10 is both an invitation and a promise. 
because he says, draw near to me and worship, praise and prayer. And I'm gonna draw near to you. So we, uh, it means to draw near by asking counsel of God. It means to draw near and join communion with God. It means to draw near in general course and tender of your life. We have to draw near to him. We have to want to be convicted of our sins. We have to, we can't be changed. You can't, you can't be changed to do the same things. That took me, I was a lukewarm Christian for a long time, y'all. I thought I could, you know, go to church, go to Bible study, do my thing. No, that don't work. Once you go to Christ, that means you're going to get transformed and you have to have be a living sacrifice every single day. And it's going to hurt. A living sacrifice, that means something has to die. Something has to die. And the one thing I love about this woman with this issue, but it died in her. Whatever it came out, it dried up. But at the same time, she has a, she has a choice. What am I going to do? I'm gonna have, I have to die every single day. I have to get to his presence. And I love that so much. But one thing I want to be honest with you guys, too, as I read this, when I was in Africa, uh, my best friend, KJ Osmer, came with me. He played for the Minnesota Vikings. We grew up together since the sixth grade. And one thing, I had a little envy in my heart when he, uh, when he came because everybody was like, because I went undrafted. He went drafted. He's doing his thing in the league. And I love my brother so much. But when, um, when things was going on, he was like, KJ this, KJ that. I'm like, dang, what about T? You feel like, what about T? So during one of the church um, uh, services, um, um, Pastor Jim was talking, and I was just praying to myself. I said, Lord, why do I have this in my heart? Take this from me. I don't want to be like this. I'm praying over myself. I'm praying over myself. I said, Lord, I started praying for my best friend, KJ. I'm like, this, I don't want this in my heart. And then one of the songs that I had played earlier is called African Melody by Ty Tribbett. They had that during the sermon. So boom, who was one of the first ones to get up? I was. And you know, one thing I just started praising us. I was just thanking the Lord for who he was. And as I was praising him, I got changed. Ooh, y'all, y'all don't know. Sometimes you feel me, he might not change your situation, but he's going to change your heart. And I just felt it. I said, ooh, like you feel me? All of it just left my body. All of it left my body. So one thing I, I just challenge y'all too is just when things come at you, get your praise on, get your worship on. I don't care where you at. You got to do a little dance to yourself. You got to sing to yourself. Do what you got to do that the enemy can't have a chokehold over you. Because you keep this limb, have a chokehold, it's going to become a chain. And you don't know how to break that chain. Sometimes we have to use our voice. We have to use our praise that God given us because it can really save us and use us. Like I said, I want to say again, worship doesn't always change the situation, but it changes your heart. He will lift you up and make your heart clean. That's the type of, that's the type of, lifestyle we want to have is just a, a type of a worshiper because he like it says i'm gonna go all the way back you feel me uh but the hour is coming now is when the true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and truth the father is seeking such to worship him he's not looking just for anybody but he's he's looking for those who worship in spirit and truth yes lord yes lord and one of my last things my, my last key point is this i'm gonna go to john chapter 10 verse 9 it says this and uh the, the key uh last key point is this Worship is a choice. Worship is a choice. And John 10 verse 9 says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and go and find pasture. Ooh, I love doors because you have a choice to open them or not. And we go all the way back when it was talked about the woman with the issue of blood and Jairus. They had a choice. Oh, brother, the synagogue leader, he was, you feel me, rich. He had money. He was doing his thing. He's a leader. Most leaders have money back then. He had a choice. Do I go to Jesus or do I keep doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Or do I keep doing what I've been doing? The woman with the issue of blood, she said, I spent money for 12 years, tried many physicians, but I had a choice to go to Jesus. Jesus is the door, y'all. Are we opening it or are we just looking at it? 
we have to ask ourselves, am I opening the door enough? And also, if you say, I'm open, T, I'm opening the door. I'm doing what you say I'm doing, but are you opening your heart? Now, I was just praying with my brothers this morning. We got to say, open the eyes of my heart, Lord. If I can't sing, y'all, but we got we to gotta open the eyes of our heart because we got to see him better. Sometimes we, we have a blurred vision, like, ah, do I really believe I got one foot in, one foot out? No, open that door and walk into it. Walk into who he say he is. We have to remember that with ourselves so much. It's like, what door are we opening? And is it filling you with joy? Is that door filling you with joy just to keep you going? Because one of my, my one, one thing I learned about Africa is, you know, the joy of the Lord is truly my strength. Truly my strength. And what I got from that scripture, I'm not going to jump to Nehemiah, Nehemiah, but it's just knowing who the Lord is, knowing what the Lord does for you. That's all I need. I don't need all, I don't need money. I don't need all this extra stuff, but just knowing who the Lord is and what he does for me every single day. That's what keeps me going. Cause I know somebody loves me. A, a love that is just, uh, forgot, I forgot what type of love it is, but it's a love like, no, like no other. A love that just picks you up every single time that says, come on, what is it for a righteous man may fall down seven times, but he rises again. Now I want to go to Psalm 16, verse 11. One of my favorite verses, it says, you will show me the path of life and your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pledges forevermore. God gives us the opportunity to go to peace. He gives it to us. And, and David's talking to us. He said, in your presence is fullness of joy. If it's fullness of joy, if we keep telling other people his presence is fullness of joy, more people are going to want to come. More people want to question, like, is it really joy? Do I really want to come? But we have to want to be there. We have to want to be in his presence. We want to have to want to have joy. We want to have to just let other people know more about him every single day. And one thing that I love so much about this, I'll tell you that, go to Africa, y'all. If y'all can go to Africa, go, please, because it really changed me. You probably like T. You know, I kind of like your message. Worship is more than a song. But one thing I love so much about uh, Africa was I met my sponsor kids. I had a sponsor kid named Lincoln, and I had a sponsor kid named Worship. So you probably like T. Worship is more than a song. No, worship is a person. Because I met this beautiful young woman. She's uh, 12 years old. She wants to be a doctor. And uh, she really changed me. I'm going uh, to see if I can share my screen. I'm going to show y'all real quick who she is. Boom, boom, boom. She's, I don't know if y'all can see it, but right here, she's the one on the left right here. But she truly changed my life. When I came around the corner, she's like, where are my kids at? I seen her and she took me out. And one thing I love so much about her, I was just like, what do you love about the Lord so much? Like, what do you like to do? She loved, I love to praise and sing about my God. And right then and there, it just reminded me that I got to have that same type of joy. I got to know that God is always going to be my provider. Because let me tell you, these kids don't have a lot. These kids don't, you know, they don't worry about the future. They just worry about right now. So I learned I got to be in the present. I got to be thankful for what he's doing for me right now in my life because she was filled with the Holy Spirit. And I said, oh, Lord, I said, I want that. I want to be filled up just like that, just that that childlike faith, not childish, but childlike faith. And when you have that, I'm telling you, you can conquer the world. So that that's my message to you guys today is worship is more than a song.